Remember to send in your parenting, early childhood development related questions to askmissaugie at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Instagram at askmissaugie. We would love to answer your questions here. And hey, you could be helping someone out there. So don't be shy. Send in your questions. Hi there, I'm Augie and this is episode 5 of Ask Miss Augie. Parent Coach Podcast. Here we answer questions from parenting to early childhood development to the best of our ability. Welcome to Love and Kids February series. So for the month of February, we'll be discussing about the love life of young children. So make sure you don't miss an episode. Oh yeah, they do have a love life. Today we'll be talking about What do young children need to feel loved? I got a question which says, Hi, Augie. How do I make my child feel loved? How do I make my child feel loved? So on that note, I will be sharing my key tips on how to make your child feel loved. And next week, we will be going further into the love languages of young children. But today, I was sharing the basic necessities to show a child that you love them, that they are the apple of your eyes, even if they can frustrate you sometimes, you know, but it's all love. You can still love them. First is security. What is security? Security is feeling safe, having their basic needs met. What does a child need to feel safe? Imagine you just had a baby and you come home with that baby. What what will your child need from you? We all know making sure that there's food, making sure that they're well kept, they're safe from harm, they are protected, they have a place to sleep, they have supply, constant supply of food when they need it, they have an arm to lay down. And all that good stuff that newborns need. So at every stage, there's a necessity for a child. As they begin to grow, it would look different. You you would need to be maybe more hands-on, playing with them in more physical ways um, than when they're sleeping 20 hours in the day as an infant. So every stage has its requirements. Imagine a child without security probably not having their needs met. Just try to picture a child who doesn't have the right clothes for the weather. The child who doesn't get enough food for lack of food supply. And I know that there are parents who want to provide their all in all for their children, but cannot seem to due to one issue or the other, such as poverty, postpartum depression, and just things that will hinder you from doing that which you ought to do. Children who are neglected in one way or the other often grow up to be anxious adults. They suffer mental health disorders. How a child is treated in those early years is so significant to the kind of 
adults that they would be tomorrow. And that is why I'm so passionate about educating parents and teaching them how to build a better generation and how to help their children be the better version of themselves. Now, as humans, as parents, we are all flawed. We would not be perfect. We're good enough. We are good enough as we apply the things we know, as we try to put our best foot forward. We are good enough. There are things my parents did that I I roll my eyes to, to think that didn't they know better. And there are things that I would do that my kid will roll their eyes saying, you should have done better. And that's that's true. We can't be perfect but we can be better. And I think the the attitude and the approach and the mindset makes it all the more doable. Well, you can say we're all flawed, so why try the child to figure it out? Well, yeah, maybe. But they're going to say, oh, well, my parents just winged it. I'm just going to wing it too versus, hey, there's some certain things that I really liked that I think influenced kind of person I am today and I want to pass that down or there's some things that I didn't like and I feel like they could have done better and I want to change that exactly so number two on my list is responsiveness now what is responsive most times parents react to what your child has done now there's a difference between responding and reacting. Reacting is the first feeling, the first word, the first thought that comes to your mind. You just, you just, you're not thinking. You, it's more physical, bodily, mental, quick reaction. You get stepped on, and what's the first thing you do? You react. You scream, ouch! That's a reaction to being stepped on. Or you have hot water touch your hands, you pull away. You reacted to that. You had no time to process, oh, I just got stepped on. Who just stepped on me? Or this hot water, how should I remove my hands? No, you just you just acted. You just reacted. Action, reaction. That's not what we want. We want action and response. Response is taking a step further to think, to process before you act. Responsiveness is that space between an action and a reaction. Responsiveness is thinking about your options and choosing what options that will help you get to the desired outcome. Ask yourself, do my words get to the message that I want right now? Are my actions aligned with what I am saying? If I yell, is my child going to just hear me yelling or are they actually going to listen to what I'm telling them and why it is wrong? I'll give you an example. Your child is walking to a circuit, you know, those wall adapters and it's dangerous. Anything can happen. They could get shocked and you don't want that. And so they're crawling there, they're touching it and and you see them doing it. All of a sudden you just jump. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't even get hurt. Don't do that. Get out from there. I told you stop going there. And the child is just like looking at you. Probably starts crying because they just saw an eruption happen. They don't even know why. You're, you're walking to this circuit and all of a sudden you're, you're yelling at them. It's like, what did I do? I just wanted to explore. Well, jokes apart. It's dangerous for them. We don't want them there. But how, what, what, what's a better way to respond to that? Do we quickly go there and mo- remove their hands and talk to them? No touching. Dangerous. It's bad. It's going to hurt you. No touching. And then put a stopper, a wall stopper, so they don't have to keep going there and they're safe. We, we talked about security, right? These are the things you do to, you know, to keep them safe. So there are ways to, to get to the goal. The outcome is for them not to touch it, to stay away. How do we go about it? How do we pick the best approach? How do I make them not go there? And they would not, you know, if you have a toddler or an infant, they would not really comprehend why they shouldn't touch the wall, the, the circuit. But you will still do the work of taking their hands away, telling them that it's dangerous, you know, explaining these things and doing an action by putting a stop to it. Responsiveness is 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 that space, is that stop, is that wait, is that hold on before you react. Now, why is it so important to have safe or responsiveness towards young children. There are many, many benefits, tremendous benefits. We know that children feeling safe and secure help with their their self-esteem. We also know that being responsive helps with their self-esteem and self-efficacy. We also know that security and safety helps them with their attachment. You know, we, earlier we talked about how if a child is scared all the time, they don't know if they're going to have food or they don't know if their needs are going to be met. They kind of get anxious and, you know, they take that into the world. They grow up with it and that influences their behaviors. We see in the study that anxious Children are anxious adults. Depressed children have issues with depression as adults. And so by creating this safety net, we help create an environment where a child can thrive, thrive in their security, thrive in a secure attachment, knowing that, you know, I know I'm going to have food. Or not even I know I'm going to have food. I'm not thinking about food. I'm not thinking about being cold. I'm not thinking about these basic things because I have them covered. Rather, I'm thinking about, oh, how does that toy work? And how does the world work? And I have space to explore other things in my environment. Also, being responsive to your children shows them that (laughs) you see them, you hear them, They are human beings. They are their own individuals. And you love them. You see them. You hear them. They are their own individuals. And you love them. 
There's nothing more important by being seen, by being heard. That is love right there. Even as adults, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be appreciated. We want to add value. We want to be impactful. We want to have an essence. Likewise, a child. How do you think a child who is constantly being neglected, constantly being talked down, constantly being yelled on, constantly being just ignored? There was a study that came out with new mothers who were at risk for depression. So the study was checking to see how depression affected how mothers are responsive and warm to their children. Mothers who were suffering from postpartum depression had low responsiveness with their children. Yes, they were not recognizing their needs. They couldn't connect with them. They were cold. They were not warm. The child is trying to express their needs and the, the mothers are not in a space, in a head space, in a mind space, in a heart space to respond, to be there for their children. So if you know any mother who might be suffering from postpartum depression, please encourage her to seek help. Sometimes mothers don't even know that they are having postpartum depression, they could be doing everything, breastfeeding, taking care of the child, but they don't even know that they're depressed. You, you know there's something called functional depression where you're actually doing stuff, but you are depressed. And these, these types of mothers aren't present, are hardly present with your children. There is no connection whatsoever. There's no visibility. The, the child is not being seen, is not being heard. And, and this in line can affect their, their self-esteem, their self-worthiness. Am I even loved? Does, does mom even like me? I'm just going to go do my thing. Maybe, maybe she doesn't, maybe. We talked about why self-esteem is important as well as how having a secure attachment is also important for young children. It influences the adults they will be. It influences the members the members of society that they will be. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you learned a thing or two. And I will see you next week for another episode on the Love and Kids series. Bye for now.